Hey, everybody. I'm Shonda Pierce. Hey, and I'm Gwen Pierce. And welcome to another episode of Mom, You Want a Mimosa? Where me, the mom, and me, the millennial, share generational thoughts, ideas, perspectives over a couple of mimosas. Well, let's get into it. What are you drinking today, Shonda? Okay, today I am drinking... I usually don't like grapefruit, but I am drinking a grapefruit um, and tangerine mimosa. It's kind of tangy and tart, but um, I'm kind of doing something new today. Oh, well, good for you. Good for you. I'm just going to keep it basic today. I'm going to drink an orange juice mimosa. All right. Keep it classic. Yeah, but I got a little strawberry in mind today, so it looks pretty. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got your little aesthetics going on. <laughs> right, aesthetics. It's all about aesthetics, baby. <laughs> and I have to let you know that I like more orange juice in mine. More orange juice. Okay, that's good. You know what? It's, it's okay. Sometimes some people like more champagne, you know? Just whatever yeah. floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. All right. That's well, right. I'm doing me this morning. You do you. All right. Well, with that said, cheers. Cheers. Now, in today's episode, we are going to go over some of the TV shows that we've been watching during the pandemic and expand from reality TV to uh, scripted TV and and some on various streaming services. So we're going to get into that and kind of compare our thoughts um, on how we feel about those. And then we're also going to talk about the concept of partying with your kids. Can you do it? Do you think that you should do it? Um, and how do we feel from both millennial and a baby boomer's perspective? And then lastly, we're going to go over our thoughts about the Derek Chauvin trial and how we feel about uh, the verdict. All right. Um, okay, so the next segment is... You want to talk about reality TV? What are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> well, I miss it already, okay? I miss it already. I mean, really, I don't watch a lot of it. The ones that I do watch are on, on the Oprah Network, and I like um, the Love and Marriage in Huntsville. I mean, I like that one right off the bat. And I just mm-hmm. want to just back it up for the people who may not know what it is, just to further explain. But Love and Marriage Huntsville, like Mom said, it is a show on own, and it follows three different couples. Um, who there's we've got the Holtz, and then there's two different Scotts. So the Holtz are Melody and Martel Holt, and then there's Marso and Tisha Scott, and then Maurice and Kimmy Scott. And I know it's kind of confusing because they're all M's. A lot of them are M's. And that when I first started, I was like, who was Marta, 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 blah, 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 you know? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it follows these three couples in Huntsville, Alabama. And the first season was very positive and uplifting and talking about, they had this group called the Comeback Group, and they were basically trying to buy a property um in Huntsville and it was awesome and then as the show progressed it is still positive but we find out more uh, things about their lives and the different drama that goes on you know Marceau is a complete misogynist he's my least favorite can't stand him don't like him he's a complete misogynist he doesn't he doesn't want his wife to work uh he's just out of control with him um, and then we've got his brother, who is Maurice, who's super sweet. He's married to Kimmy, 
who they have a they have a son Jalen and then um Monster is the little one super cute and then we get to what this season was focused on is the drama with Melody and Martell and we found out that Martell had been cheating on Melody for a really long time and he has got a baby on the way Yes, mm, that yeah. hurt. That hurt, boy. That hurt. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it hurt. They've got uh, four kids, or do they have five? Four kids. kids. They, they have four kids. Four cute mm, kids, mm. and yeah, one is a baby. One is like a. Uh, she just barely had her. She's she could be no more than six months, and then he's having another one mm. with somebody else. But he still wants her because you know, the girl has a go. She's got it going on, doesn't she? Yeah, she really Melody does. does. Yeah, Melody has a going got it going on i mean she's she's successful and she's actually very confident you know what i mean so she's going to do far go far in life you know yeah just get rid of old toxic face (laughs) well i think she did i think she's done with him yeah i have a question about do you are you uh are you okay with marceau because you know they got marceau and wanda (laughs) I can't stand that man. I cannot stand him. Yeah, and then he looked like he looks like Delroy Lindo to me. <laughs> no shade I'm to Delroy Lindo. I'm not okay with Marceau. I will tell you that right now. I mean, I'm not okay with him. He's he's so sneaky. It's like he he, he hasn't been busted yet. Mm-hmm. That's with him, you know. Like the other one, Martel. Martel was just dumb. Yeah. Yeah, Martel's kind of, you know, he's just he's just going through the motions like he's not doing anything wrong when he is, you know. But Marcel's just being so sneaky. I don't know if this this next coming season they'll, he'll just all of a sudden be exposed because right now he's just he's one of those people that's just really covered all of his tracks. That's what it looks like to me. So I mean, hey, we may be surprised. He may have, you know, he may not have done any any cheating. I mean, he has a lovely wife too, who's always um got his back no matter what she always got his back but i think she kind of knows he's a piece of work as well because like shonda said she he doesn't want her to work or do anything and she's she they're all educated you know she's gone to college and melody was actually helping her because she all she was was a housewife and melody was uh, helping her and then she kind of turned on mel you know (laughs) She done went crazy. Let that man just mm-hmm. confuse her. And she's so pretty and so yeah. smart. I just, you know, Very you know pretty. whatever. All I'm of not, them are pretty. I'm not mm-hmm. in that relationship, but I'll tell you right now, Marcel coming at me, he's getting punched in the face. You're not about to tell me <laughs> nothing, okay? Mm-hmm. That's my daughter. That's my That's daughter. That's me. Because mm-hmm. now, now the ratchet is coming out. I am classy, bougie, and I am ratchet. Oh, my God. <laughs> am I going to get a son-in-law, okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Here comes the next the next generational topic. What is it with boomers? Please, you're going to punch my son-in-law out? Oh, no. Uh-uh. I know. Do I don't... I don't I don't mm-hmm. condone domestic violence, okay? Okay, okay. I don't well, condone good. domestic well, good. violence, but good. Marceau, but mm-hmm. I will punch Marceau in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, switching gears on the, on the topic of wives and stuff, um, I also watched uh, Mortgage or Marriage. Have you seen that show? I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's good. It's on Netflix. Um, and it's basically just so it, it takes place in Nashville. 
which is great. And I don't know if some people know this, but Nashville is actually like one of those booming cities. There's a ton of people that are moving, I think, from New York and from um, L.A. to Nashville. And what's happening is the, the housing is going up because you've got these people from these, you know, bigger cities that are coming into Nashville. Nashville's always been a cool place, I think, but but because it, there's just the scene is just booming right now that people are moving there. So um, what the show is, is that they are, you've got an event planner and you've got a real estate agent and they essentially meet with couples who are getting married, all different types of couples. Um, and they pitch to them, would you rather have a marriage or a mortgage? And so they Interesting go, concept. I yeah, love it. It's cool. And so they go all around the town. Like they'll, they'll have a couple days with the event planner and they go and pick out things for their wedding. Um, and then they go with the real estate agent and they go and look at different houses, like their dream houses, or, or in some couples cases, their starter house. So they start with a budget of Roughly, depending on what their income is, the budget starts from like thirty to forty thousand dollars, and they can either apply that money to the wedding, or they can apply that money to your down payment on your home. So I thought that it was interesting, and it made me think about it. The one thing that I thought was like, of course, we all want everything, right? You want to be able to get married and then you want to be able to put your down payment on your home. Um, but as a millennial specifically, we don't always have that luxury. We, I think I have to pull up the statistic, but I think that, you know, millennials, um, I think someone said like there, there were like the first generation, um, that's not going to be able to afford a home. Um, uh, it was like right after college or something like that, because with the baby mm -hmm. boomers, you know, the, the cost of living to your wages were actually really good. Whereas the, for us millennials, we're the highest educated, but most underpaid generation to date. So I don't know what Gen Z's, Gen Z's graduating college and stuff. So we'll see uh, what, what they're doing, but at least for us, we've got crippling student debt. You know, we've got, um, our wages for our, uh, where we work, um, not paying us a lot of money. So we have to make these choices. If you're in love and you're a couple and you want to get married, we've got to make these choices of like, do you want to have your mortgage or do you want to have get married? What I thought was interesting about the show also is that majority of the black couples, of course, I focus on the black ones because I'm curious, yeah. right? Yeah, I was going to just say, add to that, you know, it's even more crippling for black millennials. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is because, you know, we know that there's a wage, a racial, uh, racial wage gap, but they, most of the black ones, with the exception of one interracial couple with the black girl, but all the black couples picked marriage. And I was like, wow. oh, yeah. And I, sorry. Oh, sorry. You mean a wedding, right? Are you saying a wedding? A wedding. They picked a wedding. a wedding. Wow. Did they say, did they give a reason why they picked the wedding? Most of them were sentimental reasons it was like there was a one couple where um and sorry spoiler alert i should have started with that spoiler alert um about this show but yeah so they picked the wedding because it was sentimental and one of the couples was saying that they had been together for eight years and they had a beautiful long love story and they had mm -hmm. two kids and they want the girl wanted to make it official she felt that it wasn't going to be official if she didn't uh get married 
But my mm-hmm. thought process is, look, I'm I'm not really that traditional. I understand the concept of you want to get married first and then you move in. But at the same time, real estate is an investment. And what I was really, I was like, you, they're the couple. I'm not in that relationship, obviously. They can do what they want. But I was like, you could have just waited another month. You could wait another couple of months to get settled in your house. You could get married in the backyard of your house. Like, there's so many money on the venue. Yeah. And then, and then I want to say that the real estate agent was able to knock off $14,000 off of their, off of the list price, which is huge. That's another wedding right there. Right. But then Mm -hmm. they said, no, we're going to get married. And I was like, dang. Wow. Guys. Oh my goodness. Well, let me tell you, I would love to be the mother of the bride in this grand wedding. You know what I mean? Have the, the, the bridesmaids, everything, all our friends and families there, the photography, uh, all of that. All of that sounds beautiful. In fact, you know, I had a good size wedding. I mean, it was no $14,000 wedding. In fact, my wedding was $1,500 and I thought that was a lot. Wow, but that was did. but that was like what the, almost 40, forty years, years ago. ago. Yeah, and I had it at a my, my um, reception was at a, a restaurant um, in Mission Valley, which is um, a part of San Diego. Um, but anyways, but if I think about it now that I think back on it, um, the mature me, I think I would have to pick a mortgage, and um, the reason I would go for a mortgage over a wedding is because a lot of times, you know, not to be shady or not, you end up just inviting all these people to your wedding. Some of them don't really even like you. Um, oh. They give janky gifts sometimes. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> they get, they just, and then you're spending all this money on this food, you know, you know, like what? $40 a plate or whatever, you know, $20 a plate, $40 a plate, however, whatever is in your budget. They come there and you feed them. You're like, it, it's for them. It's not necessarily for you. And a lot of times I don't, you, you forget who was even there. Then, you know, you go back and you look at the guest book and you're like, oh, she was there. She was there. She was there. You know, because you're so busy with the the overall event and trying to make sure that everybody's comfortable. And, um, you know, so, I, you know, I now at a mature stage, I would get the mortgage first. And then what I might do is have a nice wedding later. You know what I mean? Have a nice wedding later. Um, If I don't have a backyard space, you know, um, you know, weddings can be held anywhere. I mean, you can, you can hold the wedding at a park, you know, um, you can hold the wedding. I mean, when we live in, in California, so the weather's always good pretty much. So you can find a nice um, economical venue and just, and then, Hey, we have a built-in event planner right here. <laughs> Me? Yeah, of course. As yeah, the, as that, that's, so that's probably why you're attracted to that show as well. But I, I'm glad you are because it's a, it's it's something to think about. You know, I know you, you, you know, weddings have beautiful memories, you know, the photos and, and things like that. And the, just the glam of it all, you know. But, you know, hey, mortgages is creating wealth, creating generational wealth. Okay. Um you know, your home is going to appreciate, you know, especially how here in California. I mean, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, I only paid 
Mike, I paid $88,000 for my first house Man, in California. God, uh-huh. you can't get that. And my, my parents paid $18,000 for their home in Arizona. And um, both of the, their, and their house was in a, a middle class neighborhood, middle class neighborhood in Arizona. And mine was in a, I say lower middle of 87, but you know, that house appreciated. I used that and I, uh, went on to my next house, you know what I mean? And so, you know, real estate is definitely a way to get you um, out of out of poverty. Yeah, building generational wealth. That's so, that's, I'm glad that you brought that point up because there's another couple on the show. They're uh, white, or I don't know what, they were another couple, basically. They were definitely mm-hmm. not a black couple, but the girl's parents said you have, they were, okay, they were living with the parents and they were a young couple. They were like 23, 22, but they were living with the girl's parents. Um, and then the guy, his mom was a real estate agent as well. But so they said, we're going to give you $30,000 just off the mm-hmm. bat. They're very privileged mm-hmm. that way. Give you $30,000 and you can decide if you want to put that towards your mortgage or your marriage. Mm-hmm. But that is generational wealth because I don't mm-hmm. know where they got their money from, but the mom's a real estate agent definitely owned property probably. And then they lived with the girl's parents. So they were saving that money, you know, that way. And so I was telling uh, my boyfriend, I was watching and I was like, you could take that, that equity. There's that equity mm-hmm. there to help, but buy help your children and your children's children buy another property. Mm-hmm. And then it where, just where, this was all in Nashville, right? It was in Nashville. Okay, yeah, thirty thousand dollars in Nashville. I haven't looked at the the um, home prices there yet, but I'm sure it, it varies. But so some you of know. them, some of the most of the homes were within the three hundred thousand to four hundred thousand. Right. Oh, like they were yeah. big homes, nice big homes. Yeah, big so that's yards. that'll work, man. California, I wish, man. I you know. need a hundred. You need a couple hundred thousand. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that is true. But you know, I did actually have some friends who bought property. They live in California, but they bought property in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is it's cheaper for them to, cause see, they're going to take that equity from that home in North Carolina. They've got renters mm-hmm. now and these are young, oh. they're smart. They've got renters and a property manager that it's cheaper there. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're taking that money that they're getting from that rent and applying it to where they live now in California. Right, right. That's how you do it. Rental income, rental income. That's a that's a source of income. We got to talk about that um, other different ways to, you know, increase your um, income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rental so. income is one, you know, buy some property. If you can't afford it in California, buy it somewhere else, you know, get a renter and, you know, use that to apply to your income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the more there you, know. you go. And I, We need a financial guru on I here know. as well. <laughs> we don't find someone. Budgenista. I like Budgenista. Yeah. Great. I've seen her on the news sometimes. So she's right. great and helpful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was funny that you, you also mentioned that, um, event planner i of course as an event planner i was like you could put some string lights you could get stuff from the dollar tree and mm-hmm. make your wedding look i am more crafty that way and maybe those people mm-hmm. were not event planners so they just couldn't see it but i mm-hmm. was like you can turn 
almost any space into a wedding, at least a small little space. You can, mm -hmm. you can do a lot mm -hmm. with, with uh, creativity. So. Oh yeah, yep, I agree. Let's transition into our thoughts on the Derek Chauvin trial. And I just wanna say, good riddance mother, no. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an adult present. I've got an adult present. Oh, wait. <laughs> my God, I tell you, I was texting with my aunts. I mean, I was on pins and needles. I mean, when the, when they said that they had the verdict, the verdict was um, ready to be read. And I was like, oh, my God. Then I, the first thing I thought, I said, that's a good sign. That jury came back way too quick. And so I said, um, if, if it had been any longer or a longer, like a couple of days or something like that, then I said, oh, they're having some issues. They can't, they can't all co come together. That's what I thought. But to the fact that they had that verdict the, uh, the very next day, he's going to be found guilty. I was like, bravo, bravo. Um, but you know, it, it was the evidence was right there and the prosecution did such an amazing job, you know, such an amazing job. And the defense attorney, I mean, he, some of the videos he was showing, I'm like, he doesn't believe in him because he was showing the same old videos. And I'm like, you can hear George, you know, asking for his mom, you know, uh, crying, you know, he kept saying, I'm a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. So um, needless to say, I am very pleased with the verdict. Yeah, I had a lot of emotional feelings. I felt like during the trial, I just knew that he wasn't going to be uh, proved guilty because, not because he wasn't guilty, just because of the history. You know, we had Brianna mm -hmm. Taylor's last year. So this one, I was just like, I just know. And I had a lot of my friends uh, who tried to be positive and they were like, yeah, no, he's going to be guilty. It's obvious. But we have been saying this for years we've been saying that person is guilty george zimmerman is guilty you know mm -hmm. uh you know all of these people and and then we don't see that happen so right this when we got the verdict for this one i was like in shock i was happy i was in shock i was mad because i was like this shouldn't have been a trial he should have just mm -hmm. been you know what i mean why do you right. need, we don't why do we need a whole trial when the world watched this man die mm -hmm. on you know, right everywhere. and that's that's what did it i think the fact that the 17 year old um what daniela frazier oh, i think yeah. that's the correct name danielle frazier daniela frazier uh -huh. um she had the sense enough to videotape this she saw this was wrong you know and so she videotaped it so we all saw this man being murdered on tv and the world went wild and um you know we got we got we gained some white allies out of this because there's some white people that just don't see it mm -hmm. they don't see that in this day and age they don't see that um racism still exists and they you know they're like they just they think oh okay well her life seems pretty good you know and you know i she doesn't seem like she's been discriminated against but they don't see it you know i've hey i've been discriminated against since i was a little kid you know what i mean so it's beyond it's beyond being discriminated against it is the fear of your life the fear of losing mm -hmm. it's the fear of losing your life because of something that you can't control you could just be mm -hmm. walking down the street and because a police officer decides that eh, well let's have some fun today you could die and then mm -hmm. you have people who are around you who are arguing mm -hmm. with you 
who are arguing mm-hmm. with you about your existence and your right to say that your life matters. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's that's what my uh, you know kind of emotionally breakdown that I was kind of having yesterday after this trial, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I know. And you know, I had lunch with a friend the other day, and um, she was uh, saying, you know, why do these guys resist arrest? Now, I didn't see George Floyd resisting arrest at all. He was actually trying to comply. Basically, all he said was um, he didn't want. He has claustrophobia. He didn't want to get in the back seat of the car because he's he's a big man. He was a big man, a tall man, and um, you know, like some of the other. People, some of this now. This is a black friend too. She says, um, "Well, well, why are they resisting arrest?" And I'm thinking to myself, you know, as a black male, they're probably afraid. You know what I mean? Afraid of the police because they see what's happened all the time and they've experienced it. And let's face it, the white the white officers do not treat the black kids as the same as they do white kids. White kids can cuss them out and do whatever they want with the black kids they're just beating them around and it's been going on forever forever in our community so um i believe they're afraid now i mean the proof of that is that the black kids are the only one that's getting killed yeah okay what's the name of that um sergeant okay what's his name um are is it army officer caron nazario I'm not and that's sure. the one. Okay, remember, so he was not resisting arrest. He was complying. He mm-hmm. was the one, and he had his um fatigues. He had his army fatigues. Oh, remember? the the um medic medical guy. Yeah. So he his name is um yeah Lieutenant Caron Nazario. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah, he was an army lieutenant, and he was uh not resisting arrest, but yeah, mm-hmm. he got pepper sprayed and got you know treated you know, horribly. And thank God he's suing. Um, and I hope that mm-hmm. he, I hope that he wins and I hope that that guy is, you know, put away. But mm-hmm. you ask why, why do they resist arrest? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you resist arrest. doesn't matter if you comply. We have seen time and time again that it's still very stressful. You could die in any situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just awful. Police custody. Police custody. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But just wanted to say, you know, let's we'll wait till the sentencing. Let's hope that he gets the max. I hope he's in uh, prison because I used to work in prison. So I hope he's in the general pop. Yeah, girl. That's another topic. I don't know. Some of the stuff I might can't share, but I used to work in prison. Weirdly enough, as an event planner in prison. I, yes, they they have weddings in prison. You know. They have weddings. They have all kinds of fun activities for the inmates in prison. So, but what I, with that said, with my experience and knowing about prisons, is I hope he's in general population with no protection whatsoever. And so put him where all the, because you know there's gang hierarchies and stuff. Put him where all the black gangs are. But he's also a <laughs> cop anyway. So some of the white people might not like him either. They don't like cops. Right. They don't like right. cops. So. Right. Yeah. Have he's fun. Okay, and so for our main topic, we are going to be discussing should you party with your kids or talking, you know, about those who do. Now, we enjoy mimosas on this show, but we are not going to the club together and we are not getting turned up. Okay, we just have our little mimosa and we chit chat. We have girls chat 
and then you know keep it moving so i'll right. start with i really don't drink uh to be frankly honest with you um mimosa glass of wine you know on occasion but that's about it that's the to my extent you know not trying to be all judgy here but uh, I remember when I was growing up, see, my grandfather was a Baptist minister and I grew up watching my father in particular, like say if um, him and his, uh, my aunts and them were having a drink or party and then my grandfather just came over to, <laughs> that's just my family. Yeah. So when, when grand granddaddy, that's how we call him, would come up to, um, the house, everybody said, there come daddy, there come daddy, put the drinks away. So they would all hide them. <laughs> so I was used to like that. And I, I never really drank with my parents, you know, neither of them drank coming up as I could, could see. My father probably would on occasion, but I never ever saw my mother drink, but we just didn't do that in our together, you know? So as I observe some, some people that I actually know, that do um, turn up, as as Shonda says, or as you all say, turn up hard with their kids. I mean, hard. And, you know, in my experience, I've seen a couple of tragic, tragic things that have happened that have ended up in death. You know, you know somebody's got to be the parent and somebody's got to be the, you know, be the role model. That's just my take on it. What do you think, Shonda? Well, yeah, that, I, I do agree. And look, people can say I'm judgy, but, and sure, maybe I am in that instance. Um, but I think that maybe because of how I was raised, I mean, yeah, we enjoy mimosas, but at the same time, like I said earlier, we're not getting drunk and plastered. And I do, I personally find it problematic when you're partying with your kids. As a kid, I would feel, or as the kid, I would feel uncomfortable. I'd be like, that's weird. You know, that's so weird. You see your parent, you know, falling in the trash can or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think that's weird. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I, and I think when you're, maybe you're a teenager and you think that's cool, but then when you grow up to be an adult and you're still like partying with your parent, I think that, you know, like mom said, someone has to be the parent. Someone has to be the person that's like, hey, Listen, let's be responsible. Think about your future. Think about your life. Or about your health. Think about your health. Have fun in that moment. But like, there's a reason why there's that saying of like, thanks, mom. You know, people say, oh, thanks, mom. Because those are the, mo the mom friends of the group are the ones who are the <laughs> protective ones. Or thanks, dad. Because your parents are supposed to be the ones that help you and guide you um, and keep you safe. But if you've got that parent that's not actually keeping you safe and encouraging you to be kind of wild and crazy. Right, then, right. You know, what's that saying about your life? You know? Right. And I know exactly. I'm not a parent. I can imagine that there might be, there's probably that uh, question of if you want to be like, what is the quote in Mean Girls where she's like, I'm a cool mom. I'm a cool mm -hmm. mom. You want to be a cool mom. And I think you can be, but not not getting turned up like that, not going crazy, you know? Right. Well, you know, um, we, we keep throwing around the word judgy or judgmental. Um, a, a friend, a good friend of mine once told me, she said, don't take offense when somebody tells you they, that you're judgmental. And people do it to me quite often because maybe it's the Virgo in me. But my friend said, 
again, she said, don't take offense to that word because it just means that you're able to judge a situation, you know, more thoroughly. Or she said it's some, something, something to that effect. Like being judgmental isn't all bad. It's like that you can you can actually judge a situation and then make a make a decision based on how you judge that situation does that make sense yeah i think that makes sense i think but when people use it they're they're saying you're 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 judging me you are so judgmental you're judging uh-huh. me and well and they take it personally but are you i am sorry i i embrace that like you know uh awesomely lovey i love awesomely lovey her yeah, book, embrace it her embrace book it. her book is i'm judging you i am i am doing it that's just me I don't know if I'm going to treat anyone differently, but I do mm-hmm. have that uh, image of you in my head and I am judging, you know? Right. And then and in terms of like family and friends and, you know, I'm judging you with love. You know what I'm saying? I'm judging you with love. That's the way I like to think of it. So um, that's a good way. Judging mm-hmm. you with love. I like that. Yeah. Cause in my eyes, some of the things that are happening, are detrimental, you know, so uh, it could be to your health, you know, to your mental well-being. So again, I'm judging you with love. You know what? Yeah. I like that because I think, yeah, especially with like family and close, close friends, you do love them and you do want them to be good. And so you're thinking about their decisions like, Hey, wait a minute. That's mm-hmm. not good. I'm, I am <laughs> judging you. I was like, again, I'm judging you with love and I'm telling you right now, what you're doing right now is a mess and you need to stop that. You need because to stop if you that. don't judge them with love, you don't care about their well-being. You could just, right. you might as well be so-and-so off the street. Who cares? Go ahead, smoke right. that crack, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't smoke crack. Don't. Crack is whack. Say no. Say no to Say drugs. no to drugs. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a... Uh, an acquaintance, I guess, but who was talking about how when he was a baby, now this would have been like in the 60s or something like that. He had like hippie parents or something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about that person? He had like hippie parents and then he said, okay, the parents would be like, if you finish your homework, you can smoke a little weed. Oh and yeah. And that's, un- especially yeah. in that day and age, that's like, wait a minute. But oh, then yeah. he went, but then- I, knew a, I knew a person like that. I know a person like that who, who, um, the parents were like, girl, they were white too. <laughs> white people, you guys, listen. They were white. Listen, okay, we want to okay. help y'all, but guys. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. The, the parents was like, okay, just to, to him and his brother, you finish your homework. After your homework, you guys can smoke a bong. And I I'm can't. like, what in the baby? <laughs> I'm like, I are you serious? I can't. I can't. Your homework, and then you can smoke a bong? That is crazy. I'm, like, I'm not into that. Well, let me tell you, this person I'm talking about is my age now and a complete, a, a hot mess, but a privileged hot mess. How about that? Can I say it like that? Yes. Yeah, sure. A hot mess, but a privileged hot mess. And I'm like, I mean, and, and they said it to me so nonchalantly as a matter of fact oh yeah i've been i've been smoking and then the parents had two high-powered jobs i can't remember what they are i think the father was um i don't know maybe an engineer and and the mom was um uh, uh, into commercial real estate so you know pretty good life you know and to this day i mean he still travels around the world in a um, winnebago or you know um you know homes all over the place but 
That was his life, but he does look a hot mess. I'm telling you, he looks very broke down. Yeah. I don't mean to talk about his um, his looks or anything like that, but I can only say it just comes from partying too much, partying with your parents. Yeah, partying with your parents. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I just think that's weird. And I get like, I understand now that like weed is legal and that's another topic we're going to have to talk about. Because I like CBD, but I don't do THC, okay? But I I know that weed is legal now, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like, um, not saying that it's a gateway drug, I don't believe that, but I do believe that your parents should probably not be the ones who are introducing you to the drug. That's what I think. Yeah. Especially as a child, as a child. That that is is not good. No. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. That is a problem. That is a problem. And hey, guys, I didn't, I mean, hey, there's some black people to do that too. So with their kids. So I'm I'm not, there's no. uh, (laughs) I know. First we were like, white people. White people. Because most of the time. This guy I'm talking about just happens to be white that I know of. But again, I know people close to me that in my mind, call it judgmental or, or whatever you want, but party a little bit too much with their kids. And as I said, some of them have, have had some tragic results. As, as you know, and then they're like, they, you know, they're just like, what? why me? Why me? What happened? You know, yeah. what happened is you didn't set the ground rules. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No matter how old they are, they're still your kids. Right. All right. Well, with that said, that is it for this week's episode. And tune in again next week for another episode of Mom, You Want a Mimosa? Any last thoughts? <laughs> Any last thoughts? No, no last thoughts. I will um I'll save those for the next episode. How about that? All right. Till the next episode. Till the next episode. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers.